So if you have not opened your Bibles uh, to Psalm 23, please do so. And outside of John 3.16, Psalm 23 is probably the most well-known passage of Scripture. Uh, Even those who don't profess faith in God are familiar with this passage. Uh, Many have called it the perfect piece of poetry. Simple in its words and its imagery, but profound in its meaning. Simple enough for a child to memorize, but profound enough to launch a thousand PhDs in theology. And simple beauty and profound truth, it's no wonder that you find Psalm 23 on note cards and on calendars and on t-shirts and on coffee mugs and on wall art. It's, it's, it's all over the place in our world. And the, the most well-known lines of this psalm even though I walk through the darkest valley or the shadow of death, as some translations read, has been used to comfort so many and actually has made Psalm 23 primarily used as a psalm of comforts. It's read at funerals. Presidents read it on national TV during times of national crisis. Perhaps you have spoken Psalm 23 to somebody in their suffering and trial, and maybe someone has spoken that to you in your suffering and trial, and and really what comfort it does bring to us. However, more than a psalm of comfort, Psalm 23 is actually a psalm of confidence. More than a psalm about dying, it's actually a psalm about living. The, the, The primary imagery in Psalm 23 is that of a shepherd leading his sheep, but the, the imagery actually has a little bit more depth to it. There's actually more layers there. Uh, when you consider where Psalm 23 is in the book of Psalms, because look, the, the Psalms aren't just sort of randomly assorted and just kind of compiled in any sort of haphazard way. They're put together the way they are on purpose. And if we see where Psalm 23 is in the book of Psalms, it's among what are called royal Psalms. Psalms that are about the, the king of Israel's relationship to God or Psalms that are praising God for being the king. And so Psalm 23 is a royal psalm. It's a kingship psalm. And this makes sense when we understand that in the ancient world, kings were referred to as shepherds. Kings would refer to themselves as shepherds as a way to signify their, what they believe was their divine calling to lead people. And so when we understand that Psalm 23 is a kingship psalm, in many ways it changes some of the flavor of how we understand it. David saying, the Lord is my shepherd, is this declaration of profound allegiance. And David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my king. He's the one I follow. He's the one that has my allegiance. He's the one that I look to and depend upon. And in that, here's what Psalm 23 does. In in David's celebration of the Lord being his shepherd, Psalm 23 holds out for us this question. Who do you follow? Who's guiding you? Because understand this. The right guide makes all the difference. The right leader makes all the difference. On May 10th and 11th in 1996, one of the worst mountain climbing disasters in history took place on Mount Everest where nine, or eight, excuse me, eight climbers lost their lives. Now, there was a number of factors that contributed to that, 
But as journalist John Krakauer, who's one of the survivors of the climb, describes in his book, Into Thin Air, well, one of the contributing factors to this is there were two competing guides who worked for rival mountain climbing agencies that made a series of decisions that contributed to the tragedy. For instance, they, they failed to go ahead of the climbing parties to, to secure ropes and climbing ladders, and that delayed the group, and it kind of created this bottleneck for, for the different teams, and they had to wait, and it put them more susceptible to bad weather. They, rather than listening to sort of their own expertise, they, they pressed on when less experienced climbers that are actually paying these guys said, no, we need to keep going, when they knew it was too dangerous to do that. And there was also a moment where they left one of the camps up the mountain a half an hour later than they had planned, knowing full well that that would put them in the path of a blizzard. You see, these guides were more interested in making a name for themselves and in making a name for their company over and above the safety of those they were leading. Guides who are supposed to lead their teams safely and successfully up and down the mountain actually led their teams into injury and even death. You see, the, the right guide makes all the difference. And so Psalm 23 presses us with the question, who are you following? Who is guiding you? With all the flood of information that surrounds us, with all the would-be leaders and the would-be experts and the would-be guides, who are you following? The message, the, the, the title of my sermon this morning is, Who's Your Shepherd? Who is your shepherd? And here is the essential truth of Psalm 23. That the main point that we need to recognize and take home this morning, that the Lord is the good shepherd who faithfully leads his people. The Lord is the good shepherd who faithfully leads his people, and the psalm is going to show us that the Lord leads his people in three ways. Through his good and faithful provision, his good and faithful protection, and his good and faithful presence. So David begins this psalm by celebrating the Lord's good and faithful provision. He writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. The Lord's my king. He's my God, and I lack nothing. But because he is the one that leads me, I have what I need. I don't need anything else. He, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet Waters. The Lord is like a shepherd who faithfully leads his sheep to food and water. Now, much of the artwork around Psalm 23 presents this imagery this way, as you see a shepherd leading sheep through these plentiful green pastures, kind of just wading through and frolicking through alfalfa. Now, maybe you've seen pictures of shepherding uh, shepherds in Scotland and you see these pictures of these sheep in these amazingly green fields. I mean, it is beautiful. It's like, I want to go to there when I see those pictures. That is not the imagery of Psalm 23. You see, shepherds in Israel did not lead their sheep through endless green pastures. They led them through harsh wilderness. You see, the places in Israel where there was abundance of green pasture, that's where the farmers settled. That's where the farmers camped out, and they did their best to keep the shepherds away from those fields, and so the shepherds in Israel had to lead their sheep from place to place to place to find 
green pastures. They had to lead them through the wilderness to find a place where green had sprung up because of the rain, and there was enough food that the sheep could actually stop and rest and lie down and eat. Similar with quiet waters. How this imagery is often described is is the shepherd had to lead his sheep not to a rushing water or a a stream or a river because the sheep might fall into that water. The problem with that imagery is such rivers and streams weren't the norm in mid-eastern wilderness. Quiet waters, the, 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 the term there, is literally rendered restful waters meaning the shepherd had to go and find a place where water had pooled from the rain and there was enough water for a sheep to come and lie down, rest, drink, rest some more, drink some more. And so the shepherd was leading his sheep to green pastures and quiet waters, not through abundance, but through wilderness. The imagery of Psalm 23 is provision and rest in the midst of harsh wilderness. And so David celebrates the Lord's great provision for him because he knows life is like wilderness. (laughs) Life is hard. It's harsh. There's pain and there's trial and there's sin and there's suffering. But in the midst of all of that, the Lord is faithful to lead his people to his provision. And, and, And what's the outcome of the Lord's leading his people and providing for them. As David says in verse 3, he renews my life. (laughs) Some translations say he restores my soul. He renews my life. He restores my soul. My soul beat up so often by life. My soul that can be worn out and weary. My my soul, my my, my life that can carry the scars of of my sin and the, the ways people have sinned against me. My soul that is exhausted from fighting enemies both internally and externally. The Lord restores my soul. He renews my life through his good and faithful provision. He is faithful to lead me to true hope and peace and strength. This is what the Lord is faithful to provide. And we want this, don't we? I mean, if we're honest, we want to be led in the hardness and the harshness of life to rest and renewal and restoration. We want to be led to an actual source of hope and strength and peace, do we not? I mean, even if you wouldn't profess faith in Jesus, I guarantee you want green pastures and quiet water in your life. You want to be able to experience that sense of restoration and renewal in your life. Look, how much time and money do we spend consuming information, reading books, listening to podcasts, chasing after self-improvement methods, spending money in counseling and therapy, all chasing after that restoration and renewal we all want? And look, I'm not saying those things are bad. Some of those things actually can be quite good and quite helpful. But the question you need to ask, who's leading you? Who's guiding you? 
Are you being taken to actual green pastures that restore and renew your life and your soul? Are you being led to true hope and peace and strength? See, sadly, too often, you and I, you and I, we chase after and we go after green pastures that, we, that, that seem to be able to offer restoration and renewal, that, that seem to offer strength and nourishment to our lives and to our souls, but actually leave our souls malnourished. And, and too often we run after quiet waters that we think are going to offer refreshment and restoration and renewal, but actually leave our souls dehydrated, dried up, and hollowed out. Friends, the Lord is a good shepherd who faithfully leads his people. He faithfully leads you to his provision. Psalm 23 holds out and David celebrates that the Lord is faithful to lead his people to his provision. His provision is good, meaning it truly does restore and renew you. His provision truly does bring hope and it brings peace and it brings strength. In his provision, you are renewed and restored. His provision is also faithful, meaning the Lord leads you to green pastures and quiet waters and he keeps leading you. He doesn't lead you to one spot, drop you there and go, all right, enjoy it, peace out, I'm heading over here. He doesn't abandon you. He doesn't leave you. You see, like any good shepherd, he leads you to a place of restoration and renewal, and then he will faithfully lead you through that wilderness, through the hardship, through the pain, through the trial, but he's going to be faithful to lead you to another place of restoration and renewal, and he will continue to lead you. You see, good shepherds, good shepherds, don't abandon the sheep. Good shepherds keep leading through the wilderness and keep looking for and keep finding those places of green pastures and quiet waters. And if human shepherds are faithful in that way, how much more our God who makes covenantal promises to his people and is faithful to keep those promises. And listen, church, for you and I, as much as David had confidence in the Lord's faithful provision, we have much more. As much as David could celebrate and extol the Lord is my shepherd, he is good and faithful to provide for me, we can say this all the more. Why? (laughs) Because our good shepherd, the good shepherd, stepped into the wilderness of this world. Jesus Christ stepped from heaven and stepped into this world. And as he says in John 10, I am the good shepherd and I have come to bring life in life abundantly. The good shepherd has stepped into this wilderness to lead you, to lead you to life through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. He provides. He is your provision. Jesus Christ is the green pasture that restores and renews your soul. Jesus Christ is the quiet water that refreshes and renews you. The good shepherd has done everything to provide for you. You have everything. You lack nothing. What more could you possibly want? This is what the good and faithful shepherd has done. And so the question is, are you following Jesus? Are you following the good shepherd to truly green pastures and quiet waters? Is Jesus your shepherd? Because look, just as sheep need to follow the shepherd, 
We need to follow our shepherd. We need to follow our king. Are you following Jesus? Do you trust him? Do you trust Jesus in the midst of your hardship and your pain and your trial? Do you trust that he is leading you on the right paths, as this psalm says? Do you trust that in the midst of everything that is happening in your world, that Jesus is leading you to somewhere good? Do you trust him? Are you following him? And Jesus also says in John 10 that my sheep hear my voice and they listen to it and they follow. How do we hear the voice of Jesus? How do we follow Jesus? Where can we go to hear his voice and follow that leadership? Right here. Right here. God's word. God's word is the green pastures and the quiet waters for our lives and our soul. Why? Because this word takes us to Jesus. <laughs> this word takes us to our good shepherd. Also, prayer. Prayer leads us to our good shepherd because as we commune with our Lord in prayer, he is taking us to the provision that is in Christ. Also, the wonderful gifts of the sacraments. That, that we, why we do communion every single Sunday so that we can be taken to our good shepherd that provides for us. Also, as we gather to worship, as we pour out our hearts in worship and cry out to our God, he is leading us to the provision that is in Jesus Christ. Also, through the counsel and care of one another, as we speak the word to one another, as we speak truth to one another and care for one another, we're taking each other to the provision that is in Jesus Christ. Friends, the Lord truly is a good shepherd who faithfully leads his people. Follow his good and faithful provision. Well, the Lord is not only leads his people through his good and faithful provision, he also leads them through his good and faithful protection. David declares in verse four, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A uh, shepherd's guidance through the wilderness sometimes meant going through dark valleys and ravines. And, and this is where predators and other dangers would be lurking about. And so to, to walk through these deep valleys and these dark valleys were, was dangerous for a shepherd and for a sheep. And here's what else. Darkness, when you look into the darkness, sometimes it's not just the threat, but it's the unknown. I mean, any of us who have seen a scary movie know this. It's not knowing what's in that darkness that can be just as terrifying as the threat itself. And so for the shepherd to walk his sheep through this darkness, it wasn't just that, oh, there's a predator or there's a falling rock, but it's, man, there could be things all around me and I have no idea what could jump out. And so to protect his sheep, the shepherd would use a, a rod to, to beat back and fight off predators. But he'd also use his staff because when the sheep would get scared, what would they do? They'd start running away from the shepherd. And so the shepherd would have to redirect them or pull them back, sometimes even forcefully, because they needed to be near him. Because it was in the shepherd's presence that there was protection. They needed to be at his side. To leave his side was certain death. And good shepherds did everything they could to protect their sheep. They were willing to brave the darkness. 
They were willing to fight off enemies and dangers. They were keeping the sheep by their side. They didn't abandon the sheep when they're at their most vulnerable and at their weakest. This is what good shepherds do. And so David declares, even when I go through the darkest valley, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, even when I'm around the greatest danger, when there is the the deepest of darkness, even when I can feel death and its shadow surrounding me, I have no fear. (laughs) You are with me. You protect me. Your good and faithful protection is with me. No enemy, no danger, no threat do I fear. This is crazy if you think about it. David was comforted in the midst of the deepest, darkest danger. Not only did he have comfort, he had confidence. I have no fear. Huh? It is crazy to think about that level of confidence. Do you have that comfort and that confidence? I mean, when you face the darkest of the dark, do you have comfort and confidence? And I don't mean through doing this, like, minimizing, oh, it's not that big a deal kind of game. Man, I play that game all the time, is why my my wife will tell you. (laughs) I am good at that game. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about looking at the darkness and feeling the weight of it, feeling the weight of the suffering and the trial and the pain and the evil, and in the midst of that, still saying, I have nothing to fear. I have no fear. Do do you have that kind of comfort and confidence? It's crazy, right? I mean, let's be honest. That is crazy. is crazy. But this is the power of following God's good and faithful protection. This is the power that is ours as we follow our good shepherd. And and, and let me also say this. Because I understand, I know this, I know that fear and anxiety are a complicated cocktail of physical brokenness and, and trauma and spiritual weakness. I mean, all these things are playing out in our fears and our anxiety. And we do ourselves no favors when we get reductionistic about this stuff, when we just sort of say, well, you just need more faith or stop doubting God. At the same time, friends, we do damage to ourselves and one another when we minimize the comfort and confidence that is available to us as we follow our Lord's good and faithful protection. David isn't blowing smoke here. He he isn't just sort of like whimsically saying, I have no fear. There is real comfort and confidence in the midst of the deepest, darkest darkness for us. Yes, it comes in the midst of pain and trial and hardship and suffering and sin. David wasn't under the impression that all his enemies and all the threats were just going to magically go away. He wasn't under the impression that his enemies actually couldn't do harm to him physically. But he said, no matter what happens to me, I trust the Lord's good and faithful protection because no matter what happens to me, no matter what they do to me, they cannot defeat my God and they cannot defeat me. That David understands that he is ultimately protected come what may. The Lord leads us through his good and his faithful protection. His protection is good because no enemy No danger, 
no power, no matter what they may try to do to you and no matter what they may do to you, no matter the, the, the threats that the enemy makes, no matter the harms that may come, can defeat our God and ultimately defeat us. His protection is also faithful because no matter what happens in your life, no matter what is going down, no matter how dark the darkness gets, the Lord will never leave your side. The Lord is faithful to keep you near. He leads you. He protects you. He comforts you. And that does not go away by circumstances. The Lord's protection is good and it is faithful. And friends, just as David had much reason to have confidence in the Lord's provision and his protection, we have all the more. We have all the more reason to be confident in the Lord's good and faithful protection. Because also, as Jesus says in John 10, he's the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He lays down his life. On the cross, Jesus entered into the deepest of darkness, the darkness of death itself. On the cross, as Romans 6 tells us, Jesus defeated our great enemy, sin. On the cross, as Colossians 2 tells us, Jesus defeated every evil ruler and power and authority. And in his resurrection, as 1 Corinthians tells us, Jesus defeated our greatest enemy, death. Friends, Jesus has defeated all our enemies. Jesus has defeated every threat, every harm. Any, anything that would try to do destruction to you, Jesus has defeated. And so no matter the danger, no matter the enemy, no matter the threats, no matter even the harms that may come through the good and faithful protection of our Lord, they will not defeat you. This is the confidence that Psalm 23 gives us. Are you following the Lord's good and faithful protection? And so for those of you that would say, I struggle with fear and anxiety, for those who would say, it is really hard for me to be, ever be able to say I have no fear. Could it be? Could it be? That the reason you're living there is because you keep running away from the side of Jesus. Could it be that you're more focused on the darkness than focused on your shepherd? Could it be that you're more aware of what could be in that darkness the dangers seen and unseen, that you're just waiting to jump out at you, that you're more focused there than you are focused on the one who has defeated all enemies and all threats? And could it be that you're missing out on comfort and confidence because you keep running away from the side of the shepherd? Look, praise God, our shepherd is faithful and he keeps bringing us back. He keeps pulling us back to his side. He is kind, and he is patient, and he is loving. But don't miss the fact that we miss out on the comfort and confidence that he wants to give us when we keep running from his side. You see, when, when we run from his side and we stop putting our trust in his good and faithful protection, we run to self-protection. We start trying to protect ourselves. When we stop trusting in the control of the shepherd, we try to control things ourselves. 
And when we do that, what do we do? We jump on that hamster wheel of fear and anxiousness and run ourselves ragged. All the while, there is comfort and confidence at the side of our shepherd. Friends, our Lord, our Lord is a good shepherd who faithfully leads his people. Follow his good protection. Well, the Lord leads his people through his good and faithful provision, his good and faithful protection, and ultimately his good and faithful presence. From top to bottom of this psalm, David celebrates the Lord's presence with him. He starts off by declaring, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord himself guides and leads me. And then where does this psalm end? With David declaring, I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. There's a movement in this psalm of David is being led by the Lord to the Lord. David is being led by the presence of the Lord to the presence of the Lord. The Lord leads David to green pastures and quiet waters. The Lord's presence is with David in the darkest valley. And then the Lord leads David to the Lord's table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. There's a switch in imagery here that feels a little random. I thought we were talking about shepherds and sheep. Now why are we talking about a banquet table and a party? It can be a little confusing unless we remember this is a kingship psalm. This is ultimately about following a king. And kings not only led their people, they also brought their people into their presence and sat them at a table to eat and to celebrate. And as guests would enter the dining room, the king would anoint them with oil, which was a sweet-smelling perfume, and essentially was marking them as, you're an honored guest. You're delighted in. You're joyfully welcomed to this table. Let's, let's sit and let's celebrate. And what does the king do? He fills the cup. And not halfway. Not even all the way to the top. Overflowing. It's spilling out. An abundance of blessing, an abundance of favor, an abundance of joy. All of this is showing there's great joy in the presence of the king. You want to be in the presence of the king because in the presence of the king, there is a fullness of joy, fullness of life, fullness of blessing, fullness of comfort, fullness of hope, fullness of strength, fullness of confidence. You want to be in the king's presence. And this is what our shepherd does. This is what our king does. He leads us by his presence to his presence. The Lord doesn't just lead us with words and information. The Lord doesn't even just lead us by sovereignly directing circumstances in our lives. He leads us by his presence. By his presence, he leads by his presence, he provides. By his presence, he comforts. By his presence, he brings strength. By his presence, he brings that confidence. And I think we intuitively know that presence is far better than information. We intuitively know this. Uh, over the past decade, there has been a, a rising trend of personal coaching, where you can pay an author or a content expert to, to personally coach you. And, and even with the advent of Zoom and the rise of Zoom, this has become even more prevalent. 
And so people pay money, like stupid amounts of money, to have content experts coach them, to, 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 to help them grow in whether it's uh, their personal development or help them grow a business, whatever it may be. How many of us, if we had the money and if we had the opportunity, would, would take personal coaching from a leader or an expert that we deeply respected and have learned from rather than reading their book or listening to a podcast? I know I would. <laughs> Why? Because presence is more powerful than information. Presence brings life in a way information can't. Presence brings hope in a way that mere information can't. Presence brings comfort in a way that mere information can't. Presence brings strength in a way that mere information can't. Presence brings confidence in a way mere information can't. And so David celebrates the Lord as his shepherd because it means that the Lord is leading him by his very presence, by his good and faithful presence. His presence is good because in his presence is life and joy and hope and comfort and peace and strength and restoration and renewal of our souls and our lives. That's what happens when we're in the presence of the Lord his presence is also faithful. As David says, goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. The goodness and faithful love, they don't just follow me. They're not just kind of walking behind me. They're chasing me. They're pursuing me. You can almost see this image of, if you think of life as this race and you're, you're running, I mean, and you're booking it, and you look back and what do you see behind you? You see death, you see sin, you see suffering, you see hardship, you see pain, you see trial. But what's out in front of all of those things? Well, what's chasing you down with more energy and enthusiasm? The goodness and faithful love of God. God's very presence pursuing you and chasing you down, and he will not stop chasing you. He will not stop following you and pursuing you until you have been led into his very presence where you dwell with him forever. God's presence is good, and it is faithful. And here's our confidence, church. Here's the confidence that we have, more confidence than even David had, is that Jesus Christ, God himself, God in the flesh, came to this earth, his presence here on this earth. And he said, even though I'm leaving, I'm going to be with you. And he sends the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit's presence is here. And it is leading, and he is guiding us. And, and what's more, as Jesus says in John 17, those who belong to him, he is actually brought into the presence of God the Father. And God delights in us. We are beloved sons and daughters. His presence dwelling in us to renew us and transform us. This is the hope we have in the gospel. That the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit is with us, is for us, and is leading us. The Lord is a good shepherd who faithfully leads his people. And so in conclusion, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Is the Lord your shepherd? Do you follow Jesus? Have you turned from your sin have you turned from your selfishness and self-reliance and self-protection and your own control 
and turn to the good shepherd. If you have never done that, let me call you even today. Turn from that sin and turn to the good shepherd. Turn and find life for your soul, renewal for your soul, hope and comfort and confidence. A God who is faithful to lead you by his presence to his presence. For those of you that have put your faith in the good shepherd, for for those of you that follow Jesus, let us celebrate. This is a celebration. Psalm 23 is a celebration. Let us celebrate. Let us sing. Let us worship. Let us give our lives to this truth that the Lord is the good shepherd who faithfully follows his people. And that being true, oh, let us run to his good and faithful provision in Christ. Let us trust his good and faithful protection over us. And let us follow all the days of our lives until he leads us into eternity, his good and faithful presence. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.